0: This is the Sports Nightly Fantasy Football League Podcast.
1: Wow, what a throw, 33 yards. Winston is hotter than a match, his ninth completion here in the first quarter. You know how I feel about stats. Only really, stats are for losers. Final scores for winners. Here goes Jum, going to go!
2: 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Nick Job. He's got a hat trick! Anybody can be beat! An 83-yard
1: touchdown strike by the NFL MVP. You like that? You like that?
0: Now here's your host, Ben McLaughlin.
3: Thank you and welcome to our final edition of our Sports Nightly Fantasy Football Podcast. Year one officially in the books after a, what, three or four week hiatus as we uh, went through the playoffs. We have our winner and he is pretty much the only one that's not on this podcast right now. It, it, it happened to be our fan. Lamar took down Josh. Uh, this, is, this is almost like the draft version 2.0. There's seven of us on here today. Tim, Josh, Greg, Mick, Austin, Brett, all a part of this one. Uh, Josh, I guess we, we probably ought to start with you. Um, in the championship Points scored, you dominated the league all season, even finished as the top scorer. Uh, walk us through your confidence level before you uh, you won the championship with Lamar and, and your, your feeling,
4: were you optimistic or did you feel like you were due for some bad luck? Well, I had mixed feelings about it. I, I was confident going in just because I had everybody pretty much healthy and ready to go going into the championship matchup but i also knew that you know week 17 especially is kind of unpredictable and so i was a little bit worried about that but really the only guys who didn't play in week 17 were Travis Kelsey and Dalvin Cook for me so it was honestly just a matter of a of poor performances in week 17 i had a a slight lead going into that last week the second week of the championship matchup and i i just didn't perform well so it was I I think that you know feel my feeling going in. I felt pretty good, and I felt really good going into the the week seventeen, but it, it just didn't really come together for me in the end. Yeah, and you know you look at Lamar's team, the the
3: championship team that he assembled. I think if you were to look at that roster, and week seventeen is obviously different because of what you said, because of people not playing, but. I mean, when you see guys like Alexander Madison and Michael Gallup and Irv Smith, uh, <laughs> I mean, even Melvin Gordon to a certain degree, that's not a lineup that that strikes a lot of fear in you. Uh, but Alexander Madison goes off for 30 points, um, Melvin Gordon with 21, and he gets 16 points from his defense. So definitely, definitely a, an interesting and frustrating situation for you. And honestly – Josh, when you look at, at your lineup, um, you know, a lot of the players that, that you had going, as you said, were monster performers all year that didn't either didn't show up. And in the case of Kyler Murray, um, guy's going to need like a, like a wheelchair here before too long with yep. the season <laughs> that he had. Um, but I mean, you rode with the horses that got you there. Unfortunately, um, those horses ran out of steam on the final corner.
4: Yeah. I think he summarized it pretty well there. And, uh there's only so much that you can do in a situation like that and I you know like I said I felt pretty good going into the final week but after a couple of hours on that last Sunday it became pretty clear that it wasn't going to be my day and I wasn't gonna come away with uh come away come away with a win and honestly that was kind of almost a blessing in disguise it was tough to lose but I was kind of glad that it wasn't really that close because if I, if it had been a situation where I had ended up losing by, you know, two, three, four points, something like that, then I would have really been kicking myself looking back at, okay, should I have put this guy in or should I have made this pickup or what if this guy had scored one more touchdown, things like that. So, you know, props to Lamar. He he got the job done and um, wish I had come out differently, but it, you know what, that's that's fantasy football. There's only so much you can do. Well,
3: props to you for a great season. You, you dominated the league really until the last week, um, and, and represent, you were representing all of us as a network because the players, yeah. uh, Bando was right there in the thick of it, and obviously Lamar uh, in, the, in, the, in the semifinals as well. Tim, we got go to go to you next because you somehow found your way into the playoffs and uh, by a technicality um, I would say <laughs> and it was just an absolute embarrassment in the semifinals just so you know Tim I did some research you scored 187 points in the two-week playoff period that was that would have been like the ninth highest score of a single week <laughs> of of a lot of a lot of individual players throughout the year Tell us, uh, do you feel like you are worthy of that fourth playoff spot? And, and how is it that uh, that you ended up where you were with 187 points through two weeks? <laughs> I mean, where do I start? I mean, like I, I think
0: I was predetermined for those spots, like that, you know, like Calvinism. Um, I w- it was always meant to be uh, that I'd be in the playoffs. In fact, if I remember correctly, I was projected actually to win the league outright um so i'm not saying it was stolen but you know uh you can just read between the lines uh nevertheless yeah i, I fake was a little news, disappointed i was a little bit disappointed to see my team uh come up short if you will uh i think i had uh, bando uh the second week and then josh or no who did i have the, anyway it doesn't matter it doesn't matter uh nameless faces opponent that's how i approach every week it's how i made it to the playoffs um and then I my team just collapsed I I probably didn't make enough deals uh, that I needed to be I think I also earlier in the year dropped Raheem Mostert so I could hang on to young way Koo. that was a questionable decision but I stand by it um and yeah I I think that you know I had a running back situation which was pretty abysmal uh we went over it on one of the earlier podcasts I kind of decided to stick by my guys because I feel like if I believe in them uh, they'll believe in themselves, um, and, and that didn't work. So back, back to the drawing board for me, uh, but I'm proud of my accomplishment, and I'm very proud to have beaten you out for that playoff spot. Uh, but like I said, it was all in the cards all along, and uh, so so it is. Yeah,
3: I mean, had, had things just rearranged a little differently, uh, Kittles and Blitz would have not only outscored Lamar or Bando in the semifinals, but – Austin and I had a knockdown drag out for, what was that, Austin? Sixth
5: place? Yeah, sixth place game. <laughs> for sixth place,
3: you and I had by far the highest scoring matchup. I had 319. You had 305. And had I made it to the to the championship, I would have beaten Lamar by 60 points uh, in the oh, championship. Baby. But uh, just fighting for, for sixth place, we got it done. Austin and Greg... Uh, Greg, let's just start with you, uh, with you two, because this was kind of your guys' first committed fantasy football season. Greg, if we do this again next year, what, is, what are your biggest lessons learned on not only the draft, but how to manage a team for 16 weeks throughout the year? Don't take guys from
1: crappy teams. I mean, <laughs> that, you know, I have too many Detroit Lions on my squad. It's just, I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, come on, you can't take... You know, and then, you know, I, I will say that I got a diamond in the rough by taking Robinson from Jacksonville. I mean, he's on a goodness. crappy team. And, and yeah, he was really bad team, but man, what a steal he was to get yeah. him on my roster. He really produced well. He might've been maybe the most over, I mean, nobody knew who that guy was in July. He was a I top mean, five fantasy running back this year. Yes. I mean, what a, what a great get there, hmm. but yeah, that that's my biggest lesson is you can't take guys off bad teams. It just. You're going to have too many weeks where you just don't get hardly anything. Greg, what, was that a, a draft pick or was that a free agent pickup? Uh, I do think I got him after week one or week two. Because I, okay. I, I drafted Le'Veon Bell, and then he got hurt right away with the Jets. So I think I, I, think I added him when Le'Veon got hurt.
3: Yeah. Okay, so you, your, your early draft strategy was to go Chiefs. I think you ended up with Clyde edwards helaire and Patrick Mahomes. Well, Did you have a third I don't know that it, it was a, that was
1: just a strategy. It was just you know I was I had the last pick of the draft, so I mean most of the good running backs were gone. I'm like, well, and I get, in the snake draft you get back to back picks. I'm like, well, I got to get a running back, and so I took a flyer a little bit on edwards Hilaire because you're not you're, you're really not supposed to take rookies, yeah. but he, he he proved out to be pretty good. And then I'm like, okay, my second pick, I need a quarterback. Oh, Patrick Mahomes is available. Might not be a bad idea to take him. So <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know that it was just that I did it on purpose, but to me, Edwards Hilaire, and the way I knew the Chiefs were going to use him, kind of made a lot of sense for me to take at the end of round one.
3: Well, and, and the other unfortunate thing for you, Greg, I'll say, is you had one of those players that we call Boomer Bust, and that was Naeem Hines, and Austin yeah. could probably speak to this. It was, <sighs> it was what, a, a game where he scored twice, had seven receptions for 50 yards and maybe 60 on the ground for a fantasy day of 35 and then you'd put them in the lineup the next week and you'd get 2.1. Right. <laughs> Just really, really hard to figure out. I guess this is a good transition to you, Austin. I guess same question applies to Greg. What, what lessons are you, did you learn this year about maybe draft strategy? And there is one player I want to ask you about uh, eventually. But w- where are you at with, uh, with how, you, how you took your first full year of fantasy football?
5: It was a lot more interesting than I think I gave it credit for, where, you know, sometimes just oh we're just guessing, putting random players in and you know, to an extent that's what it is. But I, I really got into more of the strategy behind it, looking at matchups, looking at trends and all that that sort of stuff that I never thought I would get into. My, my season was derailed once Dak Prescott went down with that injury. I was keeping pace with Josh and the scoring, had a two hundred point week, and then Dak goes down, which also takes Amari Cooper pretty much out of my lineup because I didn't trust Andy Dalton or whoever else was rotating Ben DiNucci I think was an option at one point for Dallas so that that really sunk me my the other lesson I learned is don't let other people score so much against me I had the second worst (laughs) defense such (laughs) as it is in the league the only person who allowed more points than me was Jeremiah Searles who ended up three and 10 on the year I was five and eight yeah so that was that was a little bit disappointing so you know there's only so much I can control maybe I do need to be a little bit better in picking the right players some weeks I picked Corey Davis up off waivers didn't play him he has 30 points that week I pick him up so just little little moves like that where if I'm going to pick a guy up on waivers maybe I should trust him and play him but really just got to shore up that defense overall I think
3: Poor Jeremiah. He 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 is a triple A team playing in the big leagues, uh, <laughs> in in the, in the fantasy football world, and just just had a, a terrible terrible year. Austin, the the one the one move that you made, and it was literally at the at the start of the league, that we wanted to look back and, and kind of assess was. Your pick of Aaron Jones, I think you, his ADP was somewhere between like twelve and sixteen, and you took him at what? what was it? Like fifth, fourth, or fifth? Yeah, fourth, fourth or fifth. Um, thoughts on
5: the way that he performed, and if you do, if you did it again, would you pick him again? You know, that's a tough one. I, I think I'm pretty happy. He sure didn't blow anything out of the water. He was pretty much right around his average all year averaged eighteen and a half points, which is solid, not, you know, twenty, thirty points a week, like maybe a you know, McCaffrey who's getting some touches out of the backfield on catches as well, or Kamara, but McCaffrey, Kamara, Dalvin Cook all gone. So the choice I was pretty much left with at that point was do I take Aaron Jones or do I take Ezekiel Elliott? He's the other one that was pretty high up on that draft board. So in the context of what I had available at that pick, I would definitely take Jones this season over over Elliott's
3: Brett let's go to you next uh Homeland Obscurity you know looking (laughs) at your team I mean that that team at at certain points in the year was just not anything to mess around with Russell Wilson who just completely fell apart in the last half of the season Derrick Henry who was a monster Nick Chubb missed significant time with a knee injury but when he was in there he was a beast Tyler Lockett had a couple 40 point games but he really fell off the map later as well and then you had guys like Chris Godwin who had just Always kind of hurt. freak injuries, and Mike Gesicki was was wildly inconsistent at tight end. I mean, th- this had to have been, <laughs> been an extremely frustrated season for you because at times <laughs> when you're rolling Russell Wilson, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, and Tyler Lockett out there, that's yeah. that's probably enough to, to win most weeks right there. What was it like for you kind of progressing through the year considering everything that happened?
2: Well, and that's that's one thing I'll say is that in about 20 years of doing fantasy football now, this is probably one of the most competitive leagues that I think I've been a part of in terms of just how close the gap was between the not maybe not Searles, but everyone else in <laughs> in the bottom and the top. Um I think Josh definitely pulled away there at the end with how much he was scoring but yeah, it was just a very very balanced league and I I have nothing bad to say about my roster. I just I got hit with a few bad uh bad timing injuries and than that. Yeah, like you said, Russell Wilson really fell off there at the end, which hurt me in some of the later weeks. Not that it would have mattered because I was out of playoff contention uh, with about four weeks left to go. But yeah, my, my only regret probably would be that I didn't take um, a more of a receiving running back instead of, as much as I do love Derek Henry and Nick Chubb, I think I would have been better off taking a, a back that could have gotten me some more points in our PPR league.
3: Well, and Chubb, Chubb was in an interesting situation in Cleveland because of Kareem Hunt. And Mick, I think you had mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt, right? He was on your team? Yeah, sure did. Yeah, so so he that was a great handcuff pick, and a lot of the fantasy experts were saying that, that Kareem Hunt would be a good pick because of not only the goal line touches, but um, the third down back as well. And then Nick Chubb goes down for a few weeks, and it's a miracle he even came back with that knee injury. He um, came back strong. I was, yeah, I was kind of hoping that you know, now that Kansas city plays the Browns this week, that that injury would have kept him out all year, but you know, different story for a different day. Uh, Mick, let's go to you next. And I think I want everybody to, to kind of contribute their, their, uh, their situation, but there is nobody in this league that was hit harder with injuries than Mr. <laughs> Mick Steiner. Uh, the Christian McCaffrey's name's already been brought up once on this podcast. He was Oof. a slam dunk number one overall draft pick in basically every draft, Mick, unfortunately, drew the short straw of, of getting him. <laughs> he still produced as a fantasy – guys, he was still a top-ten fantasy running back this year, and he played, Seriously. like, five games. Um, so, Mick, not only McCaffrey, but w- walk us through your running back situation because we kind of w- – we made fun of you a little bit, but at the same time we couldn't <laughs> because you had, like, 14 running backs on your team, and, and like, seven of them were, were, were injured. So – walk us through kind of the progression
6: of not only your draft, but how the season unfolded. Sure. We touched on it a few times in previous episodes of the podcast about how I loaded up on running back. And (laughs) mostly that strategy is because running backs tend to get injured more throughout the year, they're taking more hits and it's harder to replace them off of waivers than it is like a wide receiver. And that strategy ended up, I usually go for it to try and trade some off when other people have injuries, but I ended up using all 15 of my running backs. Uh, so we, we already talked about Christian McCaffrey, but um, Antonio Gibson went down. Uh, David Johnson had a concussion for a few weeks. Uh, James Connor was in and out of the lineup. Did you have Joe but Mixon too? I, yep, Joe Joe Mixon ended up never even coming back. I kept him on my roster, hope, hoping that he would eventually come back. Joe Mixon was actually my second uh, pick, I think. Oh, gosh. But now on top of this, though, I did benefit a little bit from uh, injuries from other running backs, too. I was able to slot in Kareem Hunt quite a few weeks. And Jerick McKinnon had a nice run in the middle of the season there with... Uh, um, the rotation in San Francisco, so <laughs> it was uh it was quite the year trying to figure out exactly who I was playing every week. Sometimes it was decided for me with the injuries, but it turned out to be okay that I picked so many running backs
3: so here's here 's some perspective for everybody out there listening. Uh, I just have the matchup of of Mick and austin I, I don't know. I think this was the first round of the playoffs. Um Austin's bench consisted of wide receiver, wide receiver, defense, running back, wide receiver, quarterback, wide receiver. Pretty standard I would say bench. Mix was running back, running back, running back, running back, tight end, running back, wide receiver. So <laughs> spots on your bench that were not occupied by the running back position. Jeez. No backup quarterback, no backup defense uh you actually somehow did have a backup tight end looking at your tight end situation though Mick I could see why you had both you had both Goddard and Hunter Henry two two of the top tight ends but yeah I mean I don't blame you either I mean the the amount of running back (laughs) injuries that you had it it was almost comical to play out that being said I guess I'll 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 tee it up here Mick Mick's biggest injuries have already been laid out my biggest one Saquon Barkley tearing his ACL uh, really early in the season. Thankfully, I drafted heavy running back also. Um, Jonathan Taylor, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, um, all guys that I had picked up. And George Kittle obviously was a a killer for me too. So two of my better picks that I thought, Saquon Barkley and George Kittle, went down. Greg, I'm trying to remember, do you have anybody that was snake-bitten by injury this year? Not bad.
1: I mean, Le'Veon got hurt right away, but yeah. really, my team stayed fairly healthy.
5: How about you, Austin? Dak Prescott, that's the big one. Yeah. He was putting up yeah. absolute video game numbers, and then when mm-hmm. he went down, I lost Amari Cooper as well. A couple nicks and scratches here and there, but there's that one week I could have taken, taken Bando down, but I had running backs on a bye, and my other couple were injured. That's when Aaron Jones was out. So aside from that one week and Dak Prescott, nothing, nothing too notable. Well, Dak Prescott
3: directly affected then Tim because Tim, you had Ezekiel Elliott who was absolutely ineffective once that injury <laughs> happened.
0: Well, he had a, he caught the fumble bug, um, and yeah, he was went from a consistent like fifteen to twenty point producer to a guy who was struggling to fight his way to, to six points every week. Um, <laughs> nevertheless, I, I stuck with him, uh, and I dearly <laughs> dearly paid uh, for that. I was too lazy to look at the waivers. Um, As you guys know, I have adopted a uh, pretty sound strategy uh, (laughs) called God's Plan. And and what that essentially (laughs) amounts to is uh, I'm just going to go hands-off and I'm going to let everything be guided uh, by the invisible, all-knowing hand of the Lord and Savior, uh, and he's going to help manage my fantasy team. Um, Well, I, I believe what we found out, though, at the end is that uh, I am probably damned to eternal uh, hell and punishment because I flamed out of the playoffs after scoring a paltry sum of points, uh, and my running back situation continued to spiral out of control uh, with Todd Gurley, who also had arthritic knees like he's my grandmother or something. So uh, not a lot of good news at the end. Um, But, uh, you know, like like the Stoics used to do, I'm just going to keep my chin up, my head held high, uh, and brace for any other pain that's coming my way.
3: Tim, you, uh, Todd Gurley was brought to Atlanta on a one-year deal, and he was eventually benched from an undrafted free agent from Wyoming. And so not, not good production there. And to put in perspective how bad Tim's running back position was, in Week 17, um, not only was the combined age of Tim's running backs the highest maybe in history, <laughs> but the fantasy <laughs> points maybe an all-time low. 5.7 combined Oof. points from Tim's running backs. Man. In Week 17, Todd Gurley, a whopping 3.4. That towers over Adrian <laughs> Peterson's 2.3-point <2.3 laughs> performance against Tennessee in Week 17. Josh, how about you? I feel like, you know, there, Dalvin Cook has always scares people because of his injury history, but this is two years in a row. I know he did miss one game, I think, but, um, yeah. you know, able to stay healthy, which, which proved to be huge for you, and obviously Kyler Murray getting banged up at the end of the year was really harmful, but I feel like... Uh, we we've talked throughout throughout the year that most of the year you were able to stay pretty injury free.
4: Yeah, I for sure I was able to stay injury free, and that was one of the big reasons why I think that I was able to um, you know have a have a good season and put up a lot of points is because of the consistency of guys playing. The only one that I can really think of off the top of my head of uh, relatively significant injuries was Julian Edelman. I thought that I had gotten a, a golden pick there in the middle rounds of that of the draft. And he ended up after maybe like five or six weeks um, getting injured and not playing again. I had him on my injured reserve the entire season, hoping that he would come back and he never did. So that that was the only one that I can think of. And that might've given me a little bit more flexibility if he had played and played up to his standards. But other than that, I really had a, a good year, nothing more than a guy missing one game or two games here and there.
3: Okay, guys, one other thing that I really wanted to do, and I feel like my perspective and anybody that's played fantasy football for a few years, I think their perspectives have completely changed when it comes to quarterback strategy, drafting them, who to draft, how many you draft. And now that our season's over, I kind of want to go through everybody's quarterback situation this year and their thoughts, thumbs up, thumbs down. Would you do something differently next year, or or were you happy with, with your performance uh, Josh, I guess I'll just start with you. Kyler Murray, I th- was he like a fourth mm-hmm. or fifth round pick? I want to say off the top yep. of my head. Fifth Obviously, round. a fantasy superstar until uh, the shoulder injury, which happened, I want to say, what, week 13 that that happened? Week 13, yeah. week 14, uh, where he stopped running the ball for a while. But um, walk us through number one, were you looking to draft quarterback that early? Did it kind of fall under, was it kind of spur of the moment? And generally your thoughts on, you know, how your quarterback situation played out this year.
4: Yeah, I I think that my quarterback is an interesting position in fantasy. I think that most people would say that running back is the position to go for early um, because good running backs are hard to come by. They put up a lot of points and are really valuable. But, I, you know, quarterback is something that I kind of just look for, depending on the situation. If there's a really good one that I like available in the second round, then I'll probably take one there. If, and in this situation, Kyler Murray was the guy that I took in the fifth round. So there were enough each pick. There was somebody that I like better than the best available quarterback. And so I waited and I got lucky because Kyler Murray had a great season. You mentioned how he kind of fell off. It was actually week 12 when he got hurt, banged up a little bit, didn't run a lot. And then there was really only one week after that through the end of the season where he had a good week, something that where he put up 33 points in week 15. Other than that, the highest that he put up was 18 and it was pretty, it was subpar pretty much every week. So that, that hurt me a little bit. It wasn't the reason why I lost in the championship, but it definitely didn't help. And I actually drafted Joe Burrow as my second quarterback and he played one week was good. And I think that, um, you know, his injury was, was tough, but other than that, I really didn't have to go or I decided not to go with anybody else at the quarterback position. He played that one week. Otherwise, otherwise Kyler Murray was in every single week. So I, I had a pretty solid quarterback position, wish that Murray had been hadn't gotten banged up and had been playing at his high level all the way through, but, um, definitely can't complain
3: if murray had stayed healthy he would have finished as the top fantasy player all year he he was 18 points behind who i want to go to next and that's josh allen mick you had josh allen that was a late draft pick what was that somebody you were targeting or did that again just kind of happen and that's who was left and did you purposely wait that long to get a quarterback obviously worked for you
6: So, yeah, we were talking about how strategies have changed over the years. The last few years, it's been kind of beneficial to really sit and wait on getting a quarterback because it's been like the 14th through uh, 20th quarterbacks have scored within 50-some points or something like that of the top quarterbacks. It's been a little different this year, but I I was really trying to wait and sit as long as I could without getting a quarterback but I did have my eye on Josh Allen and the fact that he was still there at round 10. I had, I had to take him. Um, it's kind of funny that I'm looking at the draft recap right now and I took him right after Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan. (laughs) So I'm kind of glad I ended up with Josh Allen. He, he definitely buoyed a lot of those injury problems that I had, we were talking about, but yeah, I, I definitely wanted, wanted to wait and got lucky with the fact that he ended up being the number one overall quarterback. Yeah,
3: number one overall player in fantasy. So, yeah, oh, I think baby. a 10th round pick there is, is pretty decent value, um, finishing with the number one player. Greg, we already talked about Patrick Mahomes, and, and he was the slam dunk number one quarterback this year. Uh, I felt like, you know, there were maybe one or two games where he didn't live up to that, but you had to have been pretty happy. I mean, you, you mentioned you had the last pick, so – you were in a really tough spot to, to find somebody that was going to produce on a consistent level. Mahomes is probably the obvious choice. I feel like he lived up to what you had hoped for drafting him where you did. He
1: did. And, again, when you're in that snake draft and you're in the top of round two, you know you're going to go 20-some more picks mm-hmm. before you go. Again, right. you, you better get somebody. That was my thought. I better get somebody there. I, I know Tim probably would have gone YA Tittle or somebody like that <laughs> at that spot. But, you know, yes. I, I felt like Mahomes – yeah, I mean, he stayed healthy throughout the year. Uh, it's hard to go wrong with Patrick Mahomes running him out there every week as your starting quarterback.
3: And he finished the fifth-best scorer in fantasy. So, again, I feel like pretty yeah. good value there, even though you had to spend an early pick to get him. Um, you know, he could have ended up with a Christian McCaffrey situation or a Saquon Barkley situation. But, you know, for where you were picking, I feel like pretty solid pretty solid value. Tim, we got to talk about your quarterback situation because every time you were on the podcast, you're always – Ping ponging back and forth, who to play? Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson? I finally said, "All right, Tim, let me just solve this problem for you. Give me Aaron Rodgers, and you can have Keenan Allen." So you're, <laughs> I think you actually chose chose who who was involved in the trade. But anyway, I digress. Um, you had Aaron Rodgers, who finishes the second leading score in fantasy. Deshaun Watson, who was the sixth. You ended up with Aaron Rodgers late, and I think you spent a decently early pick on on Deshaun. Tell us about your internal struggle in your head d- deciding who to start between those two all season.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, the psychologist Barry Schwartz coined the phrase the paradox of choice, um, and as as the choice expands for, in his case, talking about consumers, it actually uh, has a negative effect on the psyche rather than a positive effect, which is why it's called the paradox. You'd think with more choice you would be happier, but alas, no, I was always conflicted uh, week in and week out. Um, I, cause I've, I've, frankly, I, frankly, I, I was not a- anticipating Aaron Rodgers to be as consistently a high performer as he was the, uh, the fake news, the lamestream media, uh, told me that Aaron Rodgers was going to be a bum this season. Well, it turns out he was not, um, because the other quarterback option I was, I was going to have is normally I, I select number one, overall, everyone's favorite square jawed all American hero, Tom Brady as quarterback, but he slipped through my fingers, and so i had to settle for deshaun watson and aaron Rodgers, who were consistently good performers um and so uh, you know i did have the i did have that kind of um you know overchoice sort of situation every week where i had to to, to choose between aaron and and Deshaun, um, which isn't a bad problem to have, but nevertheless, it uh, it did cause some issues, and so I decided to de- deal him for uh, Keenan Allen, who turned out was a sleeper agent for Ben and was <laughs> was basically a bum. He got me like one good. Yeah, he scored point. like
6: he scored like forty
0: points for you one week. He was basically a bum. Uh, he only had that one good <laughs> week. Uh, so uh,
3: thanks for that, Ben. Slipped him off to me. But uh, it Tim, was Tim okay. Keenan Allen could have scored you a hundred points, and you still would have lost in the semifinals. <laughs> <just saying. laughs> oh. Fair wow. enough. Um, Okay, let's Brett. We already talked about Russ already. I guess the one question that I have for you with quarterback was when he was struggling. Was there ever any thought? I think I saw Tua Tonga by low on your roster. Was there mm-hmm. any ever any thought to bench him? That's that's one of the tougher tougher guys to put on your bench in fantasy, knowing what he can do every week.
2: Yeah, no, there was never any question for me. I mean, especially with Tua being my backup after uh, Daniel Jones went down for the year, and I had to drop him so yeah Russell I'm not mad about Russell Wilson obviously there's some some things to look at in the future of of maybe at the end of the season he might get a little worn down with that NFC West schedule but yeah I'm not I'm not mad about it I think uh like Mick was saying I might I might wait until some later rounds to start taking quarterbacks next time but you'll never go wrong with Russell Wilson I don't think
3: no definitely not and okay so finally we get to Austin and Austin you're you're kind of the reason why I wanted to ask this question is because you had the most tumultuous quarterback situation of anybody. You know, everybody that we talked to, Mick, number one player in fantasy. I ended up with Rodgers, number two player. Josh, Calvin or Kyler Murray, three. Greg, Patrick Mahomes, five. Uh, Tim, Russell Wilson, or uh, Deshaun Watson, six. Brett, Russell Wilson, seven. You ended up with Ryan Tannehill, who was a top ten fantasy player, but you were really kind of scrounging the wire and throwing things together for your quarterback spot how how did the season kind of unfold and and where do you feel like at times you 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 missed out uh, on on quarterbacks in particular weeks or, or m- maybe wish it was stronger at times
5: yeah so to start out the year I wasn't too pleased with my Dak pick he only had 17.6 points but Matt Stafford was my other quarterback pick he wasn't much better at just 16 points Dak's next four weeks though 39.8 28 Then let me scroll to week four. He had 37 points in week five. He had 13 points when he went down in the first half. So Dak was putting up numbers and that's when the rotating door started. Couple disappointing weeks by Matt Stafford and I'd had enough. So I went and picked up Derek Carr off the waiver wire. Only got me 13 points. Okay, one-week experiment. Let's go back to Matthew Stafford. Eight points that next week. Week 10, I go and get Jared Goff against what I thought was a leaky Seattle defense at that point. They'd been absolutely torched. Nope, they only scored 23 points. Goff only gets 11 points. So at that point, I'm just looking for someone, anyone at all. So I go pick up Captain Kirk, Kirk Cousins, and he actually performed pretty well for me throughout the rest of the year. One or two bad weeks, not bad. I did end up benching Kirk one time for Jalen Hurts back in the middle of that train. Hurts was okay. Kirk, that was the game of course that uh, New Orleans and Minnesota had that shootout. I benched Cousins for Jalen Hurts and that didn't go so well for me, but it didn't end up mattering ultimately. So it was it was a lot of play in the matchups. Looking at where I thought I could get points that, that pickup of Tagovailoa by Brett, actually the week that he and I were on the podcast. We were talking <laughs> about that. And Brett went and scooped up Tua before I got him, but jokes on Dirty him I wasn't movies. actually thinking about Tua. <laughs> I was just playing some mind games with him. So congrats, <laughs> Brett. You picked him up, but I wasn't going to use him. So it was a rotating door. There was a whole lot of nothing going on some weeks. But I'm ultimately pretty happy with what I got out of Cousins for the last half of the year.
3: Yeah, he, he did play pretty well. And getting Justin Jefferson, I think, probably helped that so much as mm-hmm. well. Um, well, boys, I mean um, – kind of sucks that that Lamar won and we're all sitting here talking about how some other dude comes into our fantasy league and just takes us all down but so it goes congratulations (laughs) to him uh for a hard-fought win as Brett said this was this turned into a pretty competitive league and I was in four leagues and I did the worst in this league than any of them so um tip of the cap to everybody there I guess uh Greg and and Austin did you enjoy it enough to maybe want to do it again next year or is it was it one and done and this experiment is over
1: Totally enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I got a call this morning from the the GM of the Hickman Penguins wondering about the NHL. Are we going to have an NHL draft and put
3: that together here by by, uh, midweek? Kind of I hard. would definitely, I would definitely do fantasy hockey, but I don't know that there's enough hockey yeah. fans in here that would that would keep up with it. Yeah, My team you, would uh, be hilarious. You take me for
0: some Canuck, some uh, <laughs> some moose loving
3: uh, Mountie loving. No, no, I'm, I'm out. Tim. I don't even know how to take your opinion because you hated <laughs> hockey forever, and then all of a sudden, they're in, they're in the bubble, and Tim is all in on hockey. So I don't know We're if t- you're if you're it making fun of yourself. Or no, what? it was
0: more indifference. Uh, but no, I'm a ride or die Blues fan. Uh, they're playing tomorrow against the Avalanche. Uh, like I said, ride or die. St. Louis Blues all the way. Uh, I watched their Game Seven, or was it Game Six? When they beat the Bruins, can't even tell us. <laughs> ride, or, <laughs> ride or die, ride or die Blues.
3: Okay, Tim. Well, yeah, we don't we don't know how to take Tim's opinion, Mick. Um, it was it was a pleasure having you join this, and I'm sorry your injury luck was so terrible, but I guess that's just the
6: way that it goes. Did you did you enjoy yourself? I did enjoy myself in... I can blame the injuries all I want, but in the end, I was absolutely garbage at picking a tight end in a defense every week. So <laughs> all I have to blame is myself. Josh, great year. I know you would have loved
3: raising a title, but nothing, nothing wrong with, uh, with silver, silver medal. Um, I know you had a pretty sound draft strategy coming in. You took a lot of the guys that I was targeting, so kudos to you. Um, are you leaving the league on a good note, or are you still kind of hacked off a little bit?
4: I mean, at this point, it's it's been long enough that I'm not too mad. I mean, you know what they say, if you're not first, you're last. I, but I, um, I'm i fine with it now. I've accepted it. And, you know, it's, it's kind of nice because Lamar, I don't have to see and interact with every day. If it was somebody like Tim that had won it, man, that would have <laughs> been tough having to deal with that on a constant basis. So I, I guess if I was going to lose, at least it was to Lamar and not to somebody who's going to rub it in my face every day. Well, I don't know about
3: you guys, but I'm happy to extend Jeremiah another invite next year uh, <laughs> yes.
2: absolutely nice, yes,
3: nice having a second bye week um, through, the, <laughs> through <laughs> the fantasy season and and really just a confidence boosting week in in your roster. Uh, the funny part is, so let me pull this up real quick uh before we sign off here. um it's not like he didn't try, right I mean, Jeremiah, when it came to um like acquisitions, i want to say was like the second or third most active on the waiver wire and just, just couldn't string anything together, just, just couldn't, <laughs> couldn't quite get it going. Um, anyway, that, it's, that's going to wrap it up. It was, it was fun doing this podcast every year and just kind of talking through everybody's mindset. It's, it's, it's interesting to me hearing everybody's thoughts on fantasy football because I think everybody kind of has a different opinion on, on how it works and roster structure and, and week-to-week management and all that. So it was fun um, talking about it every single week. Guys, it was awesome it was fun uh, but I think you know just like husker football it's it's time to it's time to you know close the door and have a hard earned break after that <laughs> grind of a of a fantasy football season um it was fun and hopefully we can do this again next year not sure we'll do a podcast for it, but we'll definitely probably do a do a league as well thanks to everybody for listening to us all season long talk about fantasy football and hopefully maybe we Gave you a piece of advice that you took that helped, probably didn't, but now that's the way it goes. So that's going to wrap it up, 2020 edition in the book, and hopefully another full season of 2021 fantasy football coming your way next season. Have a good one. We'll talk to you whenever it is that we're back.